What if you could build a business in the modern world as big or as small as you want without having to compromise the things that were the most important to you in the very beginning? This is the Wealthy Consultant Talks podcast with Taylor Welch and Mike Walker, as they share with you today their learning lessons from stories in their experiences over the past 10 to 15 years and share with you right here, right now. Let's get into it. Happy freaking new year, everybody. Uh, if you're listening in real time or, or watching us on, on stream here, um, excited to connect with you for the very, very first podcast of 2024. It's been an amazing wild ride of 2023. And of course, uh, we have an entire new, fresh, clean slate ahead of us. I've got my buddy Taylor Welch here with us. And you, of course, are finding yourself on the Wealthy Consultant Podcast. What's going on, sir? How are you? You're getting very, very good at these intros, and I'm very proud of you. That's all that oh, I have to you. say to contribute that. I mean, when you started, I remember it was like, you're just deer in the headlights, but look at you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's hope. There is yet hope. We're only up from here, man. What are we talking about? All right. So here's the topic for today, the tension of getting started. Um, this is something that has been coming up more and more. And I think it's probably really started to surface too, as we got in the new year and people are, you know, ideating about what do I want the new year to look like? What do I want my business to look like? But this isn't obviously just, you know, uh, something that only is faced by, ex you know, people trying to bring new offers to the market, but it's also like ex ex uh, experienced entrepreneurs and people that, you know, what do I want my new fresh start to look like? And I think it's a very relevant topic for where we find ourselves here in the calendar. Yeah. Well, I, I fall in, I still fall into this trap where I'll, I will, spend an hour trying to figure out whether I should go left or right or down the center. And in reality, if I would have just picked one and tried it, you know, you have a 33% chance of picking the right one off the bat. Or if you don't pick the right one, you at least have the data to then go back and start over. It's interesting this, this morning, actually. So today was the first, um, today was like my first day of routine for the new year which is funny because okay. it's the fourth. So everyone else, like, you know, all of the overachievers started on the first and I'm like, forget that. I'll start no, later. No. Yeah, um, that's what most people would like us to think, but I'm I'm pretty into the idea that there's a bit of a ramp up period here, you know? There is. Oh, 100%. But but what's funny is is um, part of my morning routine involves, um, we talk about this often, but the, the cold plunge. And I, I stood and, and looked at it for about five minutes, trying to talk myself <laughs> oh, out of it. It was like, you know, this is not good for me. It's I shouldn't do this. And I had this realization. Here was the linchpin, Mike. Here was the here was the key. It was like if I would have gotten in the, the dang thing, I would be done. And I've wasted almost twice the amount of time that it would take to do it, just deliberating about it. And this happens in our life as well. Like you look at your calendar, yeah. you look at what offer am I going to do? What thing am I? If you just take something to market. What's amazing is you'll either strike gold or you'll get data that will allow you to go back and try it again smarter. We waste so much bandwidth, so much glucose in like trying to figure out what to do. That's for optimizing later. It's not for getting started. And I get caught in that trap all of the time. I haven't outgrown it yet. Yeah, I know. I, geez, I mean, I, I'd be singing in the choir if I was going to suggest that I was anything else but that as well. I mean, 
I think too, what we also have to consider is the, you know, in this consulting space, the coaching, consulting, et cetera, um, a lot of times we're, we're kind of, um, we're deep thinkers. We're usually, you know, I'll just say it. We're pretty smart people, generally speaking. You know, we've got, we've, we're deeply embedded in our particular craft, skill sets, et cetera. So we, we have a lot of uh, intellectual IP there, a lot of data built up in our brains. And, and we're also creative. So now you have these creative minds that want to make a positive impact in the world. Then all of a sudden, all the idea fairies start flooding in. And they're like, oh, I could do this. I could do that. I could do that. And my answer to them every single time is, you're right. You could. But you got to pick one, man. You can't climb two mountains at the same time. And it's a really hard thing. Like I know for me, I had this, I, I think, I mean, and I'd love your opinion on this, but I, I genuinely do think it was a fear of missing out. Like if I climb this mountain, regardless of whether how confident I was that it was going to be successful or that I was going to you know, achieve what I was hoping to achieve, I was still scared of the idea that, yeah, but over there I could be doing really good on this particular aspect or thing or whatever. And so there was this weird tension between you know, like our, the title of our sh uh, show today is like getting started because I'm scared about missing out on one way or the other, regardless of the fact that I can't have both. Is this weird, you know, two things in the hand or however that old adage goes, I don't even know which one that is, but uh, I think you get my point. Like it's, you got to pick one, man. You got to pick one mountain and, and just climb it. Yeah. I, I, um, what the thinking that comes to mind is the, um, the idea of how boring life would be if everything we had to do was perfect. And I think that learning comes from learning comes from the feedback loops that occur when you just decide to go for it. Um, mm. And, and to add on to that, there needs to be some sort of rule that you have with yourself on don't do anything. If you can't do it for 90 days, because if you I do like something that. for five days, you might as well not do it at all. Um, and I know some people are like, you know, well, don't do anything if you can't do it for a year without making money. Okay. That's literally stupid. Um, because it, there's, there's a year is too long and 10 years is too long. We have to have some sort of like period of time. that's just invested into seeing it through <clears throat> whether it's 30 days or 90 days or 60 days, it doesn't matter. But you were talking with the client yesterday about like what well, you're, you're doing incredible work, but you're rotating through different projects every four days. None of it's mm -hmm. going, none of it has enough time to, to pick up steam. I think 90 days is a pretty good, like if you can do it for a quarter, you're going to either force it to work or you're going to have a, a definitive data backed decision that it's not ever going to work. You're, yeah. you're not going to, you're not going to actually, um, you're going to, you're going to force it to work. Or you're going to get smarter. Anything less than 90 days to me is not enough time. Totally agree. The analogy I use a lot when we're on calls with, with our clients is, is kind of this analogy of, uh, you know, a farmer planting a seed, putting it in the ground, pouring some water on, standing at it staring at it for a few days and then getting pissed off that it's not harvestable yet. You know, it's like, dude, there's some, there's a germination effect. There's, <laughs> there's a season for everything. Right. And I, I totally agree. I think a 90 day, concerted effort, focused effort, more importantly, um, is, is absolutely enough time to get that data set deep enough that you can make a definable decision one way or the other. And that feels a heck of a lot better than what we've also seen. The inverse of that is 90 days in and you're still ping ponging around ideas, trying things, basically just kind of putting your foot in the water and going up. Oh, no one liked it after two days. I'm out. And you're just constantly looping on things. It's an easy place to be because we're, we keep thinking that we, oh, it's not what I want. We have this instant gratification element that we're 
constantly seeking, especially in today's society. And it's uh, it's something that I have to be really aware of, regardless of whether you're like we we're saying you're just starting out or you're bringing, you know, a, a new level of optimization to your existing business model. Yeah. What what's the cure for what's the cure for this tension? I think is just to um, to do it before you're ready. Ooh, nice that's one. the rule. I think that's yeah. the rule. Yeah, how do you how do you get good at something? Begin to do it when you're not good at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you how do you optimize something? You get something that's unoptimized and you optimize it. Yeah, these like these rules that run. This is basic. You go into to first order thinking or physics or any of this very simple stuff. It's it's not convoluted or complex. How how do you take twenty twenty four or twenty twenty five or whatever year we're talking about? How do you actually create movement? Well, and you just move. It's not. Mm-hmm. How do yeah. you how do you talk yourself up to doing something difficult? You just do the difficult thing. I think we're we're over dependent on formulas and tactics when really the the main tactic is just like you know what's that old. Um, it's an old proverb, something like a diamond with a diamond, a flawed diamond is better than a perfect stone. Ooh, um, <laughs> I haven't heard that, but I like it. Yeah. Yep. Like it, what, what we're building <laughs> in our clients and TWC, what you're building by listening to this, you know, it's going to have its own flaws, but you have to actually realize, I think at some level that the flaws are what makes it um, beautiful and what makes it uh, effective. Uh, we had this conversation yesterday on on the same the same topic. It was like, what is it about the guru type of approach? What have I done that makes people in our crew think that you know I don't wrestle with the same insecurity that everyone else wrestles with? The difference is my insecurity is rarely given a voice, um, or you know, I'm not I'm not going to that for counsel. And if we can get past the initial trepidation to put ourselves out there, uh, then I think the world will be a much better place. And this is where the tension lies because we don't want to lose. Everyone's afraid of losing, but the the only way to win is to play while you're losing. That's the only way. Like there's no other way to do it. You have to be able to play when you're down if you want to get back to the top. Love that, man. Yeah. I think a lot of people would be very surprised you know, we see all these, uh, you know, people that are quote unquote killing it in their respective field, whether it be, you know, someone famous, an actor or athlete, whatever. And yet what you don't see is them being, you know, throwing up in, in fear before they get up on stage or being completely petrified before they get onto the set, you know, and just completely in yeah. self doubt all day long. And then they just get up there and what do they do, they step into their little alter ego and like now they're Sasha Fierce or whatever, you know, <laughs> you have no idea that they are like petrified of that entire time. And I think people need to realize that what you see isn't necessarily what's being felt. And it's good. I think there is a, an ability that we all need to kind of turn into actors sometimes and and push through what we feel versus what we're probably capable of if we would just actually, to your point, move. Just get out there and move. I love that. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <clears throat> so in this ideation mode, because this is again, where people get really stuck, they start looping. What if I could do this? I could do that. And we, we talk to people all the time. And the answer is again, always the same. Like, yeah, you could, but you got to pick one. And how does that decision pair up to your standards, your beliefs, your, your mission statement, et cetera. 
Um, one of my, on my talking notes here, I have the secrets to getting into the mind of your ideal client. I think if people just felt more confident that what they were bringing to the market, we saw this come out real big. I won't say the name, but it came off real big yesterday on, on uh, yesterday's chamber call of this idea that I, I don't know if I'm worthy enough. I don't know if what I've got is worthy of bringing to market. Um, I would love your thoughts on that, getting into the mind of, of your your market and your ideal client. Because I think if we sure. felt that, we'd be more confident to do it. We'd be like, yeah, I know what people want. Yeah. Well, I think there are two different discussions. There's almost the first discussion, which I know who you're talking about, is does the market view me as worthy of doing this thing, which is more mm -hmm. like, um, you know, that's more of like a self-belief thing, which we'll talk about. And then the second is, the old classic, um, you know, research and analysis, copywriting viewpoint of like, how do I enter the conversations happening in the market now? So the, the first is, you know, I think this is relatively consistent. Um, the market will mostly view you the way you view yourself. So it's, you, you have to watch this and you have to be careful of this because, um, the the human perception is really a mirror and it's just a giant it's just a giant reflection so how you treat yourself is actually an instruction manual for how other people are going to treat you and there are outliers and there's people who are just like you know you're disrespectful so i'm going to ban you and I'm, you're refunded and you know there's you have to be you have to be um this isn't 100% but for the yeah, most part we gotta we gotta actually lead the market through self self belief. Um, does that make sense? <clears throat> yeah, no, I totally get it. Totally get it. Okay, I post. If you're in, I post more. If you're insecure, everyone, is gonna, everyone else is gonna treat treat you the way you treat yourself. You know, mm. what were you gonna say? Yeah, I was just echoing what you were saying and just saying you know the the art of self talk like one of our most, the critic, most critical people we'll ever meet is the, our own brain, you know, and this thing. And, and we saw that yesterday too, is like, oh, I have this idea. I feel inspired to do this. And then what happens instantly? The brain is like, nope, what, who are you to do that? And, you know, it's just something that we're all plagued with. And again, kind of connects yeah. back to what we said earlier. You just got to move through it. Just know that that is normal and it will never <clears throat> change. You never get to a point where you are immune to that, that other side of your brain that's going to try to protect you. Yeah, hundred percent. The caveat on this is, is, you know, I'm not, I'm not actually talking about um, the eradication completely of insecurity. The, the market will reflect your, your respect to yourself and your commitment to yourself and your own standards. So like the more self-aware you are, the more insecurities you're going to probably deal with. Mm, so if somebody yeah. has no insecurity at all, um, it's like, cool, you don't have no idea what's going on in the world that, you, you know, you're, you, you have psychopathy issues, not, mm. not, you're not confident. Um, you're a psychopath. So I think mm. we have to be careful on that. Like, don't listen to what I'm saying and be like, well, I, I wonder if I have what it takes. So I guess I'm screwing up my market. That's not necessarily true. It's, they're going to honor your, your, your respect level of your own time, gifts, talents, and abilities. The second when you get into like, how do I know what the market wants? I think that there's levels of mastery in this. I think level one is kind of like um, you, you hit and miss, you swing and miss, and you're, you're always sort of like 
testing around and trying to figure out. You're almost like a blind person fumbling around in the dark. And sometimes yeah. you, you hit the mark and sometimes you don't. Then you get into yeah. like really good marketers. And we're usually really good marketers are heavy, heavy research people. In fact, there's an interesting test called the Colby, um, K-O-L-B-E. And you can sort of see from a Colby, which is how someone works, like, oh, this person is like a marketing mind because they're obsessed with research. Um, they're constantly asking questions. And they're your people who are like, the, the modern era of marketing is like, it's not actually creative. It's data. So what we used to have with marketers is like, you know, the big idea is the most important. Now it's actually the data. You can run 100,000 different pieces of copy. The marketing, the, the algorithms will tell you what to do. So like the better you are with data analysis, the better you're going to be at knowing what the market wants. But then there's this third level, which is like you get certain people. And I hope I'm not rambling around about this too much. But no, good, sometimes, sometimes you learn what the market wants by telling the market what it wants. Ooh, okay, let's dig into that. I like that. Well, it, nobody knew that we wanted cars. Nobody knew we wanted Facebook. Nobody knew that we wanted electric vehicles. Nobody knew that we wanted, you know, to... Nobody knew... How would we have known? It's so like innovators and inventors and people who are really tied into a, to a big current of like what it, evolution of the future... A lot of times, like I, I, this, this guy we were talking to yesterday, I'm like, dude, you don't need to ask the market what they want. You're an inventive personality. You're a daredevil in the culture index. Like, bro, just go make something up and start showing the market what's possible. And when you get that, like when you get that, it's almost like a spiritual, like a spiritual current you can hop into. And mm -hmm. some people are listening to this and be like, you're, you guys are insane. You're crazy. I have no idea what you're talking about. But there's a couple of people that are going to listen to this and be like, oh, my God, that. I feel that right now yeah. that you need to lean into that because that's likely a, a piece of your intuition that's kind of compressing past, present, future into the current moment. And you don't need the data of the market. You just go and produce and the market will come to you. Oof, oof. You know, that's cool. You say that too. Uh, yesterday I wrote um, <clears throat> the, the idea that, you know, um, opportunity is never missed. It just moves on to the next person. And I think mm -hmm. as entrepreneurs, we want to um, trust that gut. There's that gut feeling is is a real thing. You know, obviously there's a level of you know emotional intelligence there and intellectual intelligence, obviously too. So we have to be cognizant of that. But you know, there there is such a thing of being tuned in to that. Especially the more advanced you are, the more time you have in market. I think you do get that intangible. It's hard. It's, it's almost quantum. Like the market wants this. Well, how do you know? What data do you have? I I don't. I just. But I feel it like there's something missing here. And I've been put on this planet to to fill that void, you know, and I think those are those levels you were speaking of, too. So I love that, man, telling the market what it wants and then just going after it. Um, that That's where you're, you're in true visionary mode, inventive, creative, brings something new and fresh to the market. That's a pretty cool place to be. And obviously, I would imagine pretty uh, inspired place to be because it's you get to, you know, create your own reality to that. I think that's pretty neat. We're pretty lucky to have that, you know, space. Not a lot of people have the ability to do that. When you consider all the different jobs and career <clears> paths that people could take as a consultant, a coach, et cetera, it's an entrepreneur of any type has the ability to do that, right? Take the, an idea from the ether of thought and just bring it into fruition and bring it to market and monetize it. It's a pretty awesome place to be. 
Yeah, and there there are there are models that we use for that, like on the back ends. You know, it's not just like, hey, go outside, shout into the sky, make something <laughs> up. It's, it's right. you know, you you want to use the right frameworks and the right models so that that people are still getting something that they perceive that they want. Like when you think about the what people didn't know that they wanted cars, but they did know that they wanted faster transit from point A to point B. So the mm-hmm. the car. Was the vehicle, no pun intended, um, to take somebody faster. So what's the actual value proposition of the of the automobile, especially back in the day? Safety and speed. That's mm. that's it. Um, right. so what are you actually selling inside of you? If you're if you're a trainer, if you're an educator, keeping tabs on what you're actually selling, because cash pumping into a business has to complete the cycle of more value pumped back to the market than what they paid for. So as long as you know what that is, it's like, for example, uh, for, for a TWC for, for a long time, what we were really selling was like the dissolution of the false dichotomy that you could have a business or a family. No, you can have both, you know, so we're selling dads back to their families and moms back to their, like, we're not selling more money. We're selling the, 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 the real tangible idea of like, you can go on vacation without things breaking. So keeping Mm -hmm. tabs on that as an entrepreneur is really important because that allows you to just, you're, you're inventing the vehicles. You're not, you're not reclassifying the entire value prop. You know what I mean? <clears throat> yeah, I love that. That's a good reminder too. I mean, we talk about that inside LaunchKit, right? Where how people, you have to understand that <clears throat> your market is, is you know, the now I use a lot of analogies, guys. I think you're starting to pick up on this. Uh, you know, you go to the hardware store and you buy a drill. Well, you're buying the drill, but what you're actually purchasing is the hole in the wall that you need. You know, that's, I'm not buying the drill just for the sake of having a drill. I'm buying the hole that I need drilled. So understanding your market, what is it that they're trying to achieve? To Taylor's point too, you know, safety and speed. That's what they're looking for. They're not looking for a car. They're looking for the safety and speed that that car provides. So that's uh, that's the nuance there between being an inventor and being a uh, solutions oriented, you know, uh, product or service. Yeah. So it's it's a fine line. It's it's a matrix of things. It certainly isn't black or white, binary, you know, one or two, one or zero. It's a, it's a combo for sure. Quantum. Quantum. Hey, you quantum. Said <laughs> awesome, man. Well, we've covered a pretty wide range. I love how these combos always kind of like blend over into other areas. Um, guys, this was a good one to start off the year with. If you are, you know, again, streaming with us live or, or in real time with us for the new year, but either way, uh, the tension of getting started, uh, just move, right? I think I, I think we could end with that. Just move. Do not get stuck in analysis paralysis. Take an idea to market, iterate and optimize and bring it to market. Just get started. Anything else you want to wrap up on, Taylor? Nah, man. Let's rock and roll. See ya. Cool. Love you, bro. See you guys. Have a good one.